Greetings folks and welcome to the Geek Pod. Today we're going to talk about some of the common ham radio terminology. For those of you that are fresh into the hobby or interested in getting into the hobby, just like any other hobby, there's a bunch of lingo. There's a bunch of words that are used within the hobby but may not necessarily carry the same meaning in everyday language. So I want to touch on a few of those today to help take some of the mystery out of the hobby for those of you that are just getting into it or thinking of getting into it. So the first one we're going to start off with is the handheld radio, the walkie-talkie. You might hear it called a walkie, a walkie-talkie, a portable. Uh, within radio circles, they might call it an HT, which stands for handheld transceiver. They might call it a handheld radio. It all means the same thing. It's a type of radio that you would see a cop carry around in his back pocket or a security guard. It's a little portable radio with an antenna sticking out of the top. Those radios are very common in the ham radio world for VHF and UHF communications. Uh, basically for like local or around the county if you're going through what's called a repeater, which I'll explain further in a little bit. The next one up, mobile. A mobile is just that. It's a mobile radio. Now, you might be saying, well, what if I have a walkie-talkie and I'm sitting in a car? Well, technically, yeah, you are mobile. But the real definition of it is it is a two-way communication setup inside of a vehicle. Could be a car, truck, bus, could be a boat, could be a small aircraft. It's referred to as a mobile. Now, there's nothing stopping you from taking your walkie-talkie and getting an antenna adapter and putting a magnet mount antenna on the roof of the car, let's say, feeding the cable in through the door and connecting it onto the walkie-talkie and using that as your mobile station. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. However, when you go buy radios, you might hear somebody say that uh, they're selling a mobile. And what they're referring to is a radio that is designed to be mounted in the vehicle. It runs off vehicle power. It's designed to be bolted in. They're usually about the size of a car stereo. That's what they are referring to. And finally, we have the base radio. Base refers to something that is permanently installed at a structure. Typically an antenna mast or an antenna tower or something. Got the antenna high up, much higher than you've ever than you would have it on a car, let's say. Uh, you might have a 50-foot a, a antenna structure, a 100-foot antenna structure uh, with the antenna all the way up at the tippy top. And that's your base radio. Now, the same rule for the mobiles applies to the base. There's nothing saying that I can't spend all my money on my antenna and my antenna support structure and run my cable down into the building. And inside the building, I got a walkie-talkie connected to it. It's not an ideal situation, but it works. But regardless, portable generally refers to a handheld-type device. Mobile refers to a station that is in a vehicle. And base refers to a station that is at a structure. Now, moving on. Something else you hear hams talk about that's a big deal to them is called field day. And field day, it's a twice-a-year event. There's one in the summer and there's one in the winter twice-a-year event that's supposed to get people 
into the whole emergency preparedness thing. And the idea is Hams will go out and set up their equipment outdoors, uh, a park, a field, it is field day, uh, a farm, what have you. It could be a parking lot and a shopping center if you're in an urban setting. Whatever it is, it's somewhere outside, somewhere not in your house, not in another structure, somewhere outdoors. You set up your equipment, and mind you, the whole country is involved in this as a hobby. Everybody who's a ham radio operator is involved in field day in some way, shape, or form at some time in their life. So everybody's in on it, and the idea is get your equipment set up, have it run off emergency power, set up in a public place so people who are interested in the hobby can see you, if they have any questions, if they want to see what ham radio is all about, and operate your radio. Try to make as many contacts as you can in the 24-hour period that is field day. It's an event. So there's regular field day in June, and there's winter field day in January. Want to see what ham radio is all about? Look up field day and see when those are occurring and go check one of those out. Uh, your other option is uh, find your local ham club. But if you want to see ham radio in action, uh, wait for field day to come around and go check out field day. Now, along with field day brings the field station. So we had portable stations, we had mobile stations, we had base stations, and we have a field station. And what a field station is, it's a temporary base that's been set up somewhere. The idea is you're camping and you set up your gear under a tent for the weekend. That would be a field station. Maybe you're doing something that's called activating a park or activating a grid square. That's where a group of hams will get together and set up their equipment at one of the national parks or one of the state parks and they'll get their stuff on the air and let everybody know, hey, we're set up. If you want to make contact with us, uh, just to say, oh, I talked to a guy at the Grand Canyon National Park on ham radio. Uh, so that would involve a field station. Now going back to the handhelds and the coverage of the handheld, I had mentioned at the start of this that you would use a handheld radio to cover, let's say, the whole county if you're going through a repeater. A repeater is some radio equipment that has been set up at a tall location, maybe it's a tall building, or on an antenna tower. And what it does is, it listens on one frequency, and it transmits on a different frequency. The idea is, I got a walkie-talkie in my hand, and I'm on one side of town. When I transmit, my radio will actually be programmed for the repeater frequency, and what it'll do is it'll shift the frequency slightly, and it's going to shift over to the frequency that the repeater listens on. The repeater is going to hear me and instantly retransmit my audio on a different frequency, but with much higher power and much higher height. Therefore, I could use my walkie-talkie to go through a repeater and talk across the county, talk across the state in some places, uh, places that have mountains, uh, it's common to have repeaters on top of mountains and be able to cover half the state with a repeater and a handheld radio. So when you hear hams talk about repeaters, they're generally referring to something on VHF or UHF. What it does is it listens on one frequency and it retransmits on another. It's an automated radio system that 
acts like a parrot, so to speak. Now, moving on from that, let's talk about antennas. There's two terms you may hear thrown around a lot in the ham radio antenna world. A beam or a Yagi, and the other one is a vertical. All right, a beam antenna, uh, also referred to as a Yagi or uh, a Yagi Uda is the correct name for the inventors of it. Um, that's what looks like the old TV antennas that you would see in a house. Kind of looks like an arrow. That is what a beam antenna is. It concentrates all its signal in one direction. Those type of antennas are commonly found at base stations or on field stations. You're not going to see it on a mobile because it's too delicate. You'll bust it up and they're too big. And you're definitely not going to see it on a handheld. The other type of antenna is a vertical. A vertical is just as the name implies. It's a vertical antenna. It's a vertical rod. It's a stick. It's a stick in the air. It's all it is. Vertical antennas have 360-degree coverage, but since the coverage is spread around in a 360-degree circle, they generally do not have as much gain as a beam antenna. What is the word gain? Gain is amplification. A properly designed antenna has some kind of amplification to it. So it increases how far you can hear, and it increases how far you can talk without having to have any more electronics. And that's what you want in an antenna. You want to get the antenna with the most gain that you can afford that works for your installation. Now, talking about antennas, you're going to hear hams talk about, if they're talking about antennas, they're going to talk about feed line, and they're going to talk about SWR. Feed line is the cable that connects your electronics to your antenna. Typically, it's a coaxial cable of sorts. It looks a lot like the stuff that the cable TV guys use running around in the house, but bigger. It's thicker. And I'll be doing a podcast about feed line and getting further into detail on some of these radios and so forth in the near future. But when you hear feed line, feed line, they're typically referring to coaxial cable. There is another type of feed line that is called ladder line. And it looks like a miniature ladder. It's two copper strands separated by plastic horizontal bits. And it looks like a ladder. Ladder line is commonly used by people who are doing HF type stuff, high frequency, otherwise known as the shortwave bands. Uh, You won't see it used in a mobile. You won't see it used uh, with the guys doing uh, VHF and UHF. Ladder line is kind of a special thing. By and large, I would say probably 95% of the ham radio stations out there use coaxial cable as their feed line. So when you hear feed line, they're talking about the antenna cable. It goes from the equipment to the antenna. Now finally, let's talk about SWR. That stands for Standing Wave Ratio. And I'm going to explain this in a way that's a, a, a bit unconventional but it really helps people picture it. So when you transmit on the radio, your your radio signal is coming off the antenna as radio waves. All right, let's use that example to get further into detail with this. Let's say I'm standing on the bank of a canal, and I got a big rock. I throw that rock into the middle of the canal, and what happens? You're going to get the kaplunk, 
and you're going to get waves that come out from the splash and they slowly spread out in a circle from where the splash was. Well, some of those waves are going to go down the canal and eventually just dissipate. But there's going to be some that are going to go towards the bank of the canal. And when they get to the bank of the canal, there'll be a reflection and there'll be waves that are actually coming back. So when you watch the waves that are being reflected and the waves that are going out, you're going to notice that when the two of them cross, there's moments where it's peak to peak and it makes a taller wave. There's moments where it's lull to lull and it makes a bigger dip. And there'll be times where you have a lull and a peak hitting at the same time and they cancel each other out. Well, that same thing happens with radio signals in your coaxial cables and with your antennas. If your cable and your antenna are not matched correctly to the radio, you end up having reflections of the radio signal back through the antenna, back through the cable, and back to the radio. And that's a bad thing. You want all the signal that's coming out of the radio to go down the cable and out the antenna, and you don't want any of it reflected back. If there's any reflected back, it means that you have a mismatch somewhere, you have something broken, and it means that you have loss. Not only do you have loss, it can also be detrimental to the radio itself because the radio is designed to send out power. It's not designed to be sending out power and be getting power reflected back. There's only so much of that it could tolerate before your radio self-destructs. So it's really important that you have a properly matched antenna system always connected to any kind of transmitter. If you're using a receiver, you're never going to hurt anything. You can have a mismatched antenna on a receiver, and the only thing that's going to happen is the performance is going to be lousy. But when it comes to transmitting, you always have to have a properly matched antenna system connected to that transmitter. If not, you will ruin the transmitter. That's all we have for you today. Uh, I hope you guys found this useful. And like I said, I'm going to be getting further in-depth into some of this terminology in our next GeekPod podcast.